You are listening to The Voice of the Arts, WQED-FM. Wally Jamal is with us. He's appearing in Seven Guitars. The August Wilson play will run the 17th through the 26th of February at the Charity Randall Theater at the University of Pittsburgh campus. The performances are Tuesday through Saturday at 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoon at 2. Wally, what a joy to speak with you. I'm sorry it's over the phone. I look forward to seeing you in person. But it is a joy to hear from you. Uh, I understand you're a QED listener. That's terrific. Oh, most definitely. Uh, my mother took me to QED television station where I met Mr. Rogers when I was only eight years old. It was just, there's a love uh, that I have for WQED uh, radio and television that, uh, oh, I, I, I just, uh, it's just so Pittsburgh. And I'm so Pittsburgh, so we love each other. QED loves me. I love QED. <laughs> no question about it. Bless you. Well, tell me about your role in, in Seven Guitars. You've played in every one of August Wilson's plays. When did you last do Seven Guitars? Uh, the last time we did it was uh, 2016 or 2017, one of the two. Uh, and at that time, it was my third time performing in Seven Guitars. It was my second time performing the role of Hadley. Now I'll be uh, performing that same role, reprising that role uh, with uh, pit stages for this upcoming production. And it will be my third time playing Headley. And uh, maybe I'll get it right this time. Maybe I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I only hear great things about every time you step onto the stage. And all of the August Wilson plays are masterpieces. This one, like all of them, was an award winner with the... New York uh, Drama Critics in 1996. It's uh, a mystery. It has uh, an elegiac quality, and it's got some funny lines, too. There's some comedy in this play. It's a little bit of everything. You've got seven people, seven main characters, and one of them has just died as the action begins. Can, can you take it a little further uh, for folks who haven't seen it yet? Oh, yeah. Well, without providing any spoiler alerts, uh, we are... Um, we. The, the play opens up with a wake for the dearly departed Floyd schoolboy Barton, who I look at as the lead character of the play. And uh, we're talking about him. And then after that scene, it goes back to how it led, to how it, excuse me, to how it led up to that first scene. So um, it, it's a roller coaster ride of love, of, of, of hate, of bitterness, of disappointment, of triumph, and mostly the triumph of the spirit. And uh, it resonates all through the play between this character, Floyd Barton, and my character, Hedley. The audience is privy to the struggle of both of these men for an achievement that they want in life, that they have been deprived of, and they are not going to be denied. And we have a blues guitarist here. He dies just as he's about to hit the big time. Is that fair to say? Yes, it is. He uh, had previously uh, done a hit record. He made a hit record, and he found out it was a hit record while he was sitting in jail. The, the guard at the jail said, hey, man, they're playing your record. <laughs> so he, he heard his record on the radio for the first time while he was in jail. 
But that was a triumph in itself. And he had gotten a letter saying, come on back to Chicago. We like this song. It's really taken off. And we want to record more of what you got. So come on. So then he's trying to convince his, you know, his confederates, his compadres, his, his friends to go back as the harmonica player and his drummer to go back there to Chicago and make some more hit records. And the last uh, encounter in Chicago didn't go all that well for everybody in the group. So it's really a task for him to try to convince them to go back. There's always a lot of August Wilson's life in everything that he writes. Of course, we know he loved the blues. The blues was important to him. Early on, he was listening to 78th of Bessie Smith. That's right. Uh, the four Bs, Bearden, Baldwin, uh, uh, Borgia, and the Blues. And yes, he, uh, I recall um, talking with him uh, about the Blues because um, we did Mulraney's Black Bottom at, in 2003 with Pittsburgh Playwrights Theater. And August happened to be in town to attend the funeral of the dearly departed Rob Penny of Country Repertory Theater and of the Black Horizon Theater, which had been begun by August, and uh, people of the Hill Arts Council, August, Rob Penny, Nick Lenoy, Levi Shaw, Jerry Rhodes, Barbara Peterson, and the late great Charlie P. Williams, uh, who I did get to meet also. Um, it's, it's, it's a legacy that August has left behind, and he's left such a large and rich legacy for us to pick up that baton and keep the struggle, you know, keep at the struggle, to keep at, to let the world know the struggle continues and we're never going to be done until we all are one. When did you meet August Wilson for the first time? The first time I met August Wilson was in 1999, and it was only two months. Oh, that is right. My, my fault. In 1998, it was um, my very first stage play I was in rehearsal for, and they asked me how many plays I'd done before. I'm 36 years old, and I said, I, I haven't been in any play. They said, well, how many plays have you seen? I said, I saw Peter and the Wolf in third grade. Does that, does that count? So the next thing you know, Dr. Vernell Audrey Watson Lilly of Country Repertory Theater had taken us to Baltimore to see a production of Jitney, starring the late, great Mr. Paul Butler, Stephen McKinley Henderson, all these, Anthony Chisholm, the late, great Anthony Chisholm, and they were in there. And while I was sitting there, I was learning blocking by the numbers sitting watching this play. I had Dr. Lilly on one side and our director, Eileen Morse, on the other side saying, okay, see what he's doing? He's sweeping and he's talking. That's blocking. And then after the show was over, not to mention going outside of Pittsburgh, seeing my very first play that takes place in a jitney station, I looked at that set and I, you, it was like we never left Pittsburgh. It was just like any any Jitney station on Wiley Avenue, Center Avenue, in the Hill District, in Homewood, wherever. It was just a homecoming, and it was so great. And then after the show was over, August was there, and we were introduced to him, to Stephen McKinley Henderson, to uh, Anthony Chisholm, even uh, Pittsburgh's own Leland Gaunt was uh, one of the uh, understudies. 
And uh, after that, that was in 1999, uh, and um, right after our play closed in March of 99, we were going to sit and read a um, uh, do a seated reading of Jitney, the play we had just seen. And we were in rehearsal. We were doing the you know drive run read through, and Mark Southers, the artistic director of Pittsburgh Playwrights Theater who then was the, uh, the originator of the August Wilson Reading Roundtable, which was simply us gathering at Mark's house and reading plays in his living room. And so we're getting ready to do this thing, and Mark comes into the room and he says, hey, man, I just got off the phone with August. He said he wants to read Jitney with us. Mm. And I said, wow. And he sat right next to me while we were reading, and um, the late, great Alice T. Carter from the trip, she was there, and um, we had an intermission, well, a break between acts. And we, at the end of the first act, we took a break, and August and I were the only cigarette smokers there, so we're standing on March Southern's porch. It's March, it's cold and windy, and we're standing there, and I'm just thinking to myself, don't say anything stupid, just don't say anything stupid. And so <laughs> I thought of it. I said, Mr. Wilson, do you have any advice for someone who might want to write a play? He said, write what you know. And that was it. He was very brief, brief and, and direct whenever he was uh, answering the question so many times. And that's what he told me. And I said, well, what the heck do I know? I said, I know black history. So I set myself on an effort to write my first play. And it won awards. It won a playwriting competition. And, um, about writing what you know, but what I didn't know, I researched. So I did know. So that was my first real encounter with August Wilson. And then when we did Ma Rainey's Black Bottom four years later uh, in Pittsburgh Playwrights Theater's first August Wilson production, I played Toledo. And uh, back to Rob Penny's uh, funeral. August was in town for that, and he decided to come see our production of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Now, mind you, at the same time, it was uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was being done with Whoopi Goldberg playing Ma on Broadway at the Pentagon Theater with Charles Dutton uh, reprising his role, the lead, the levy. And so we had our production, and August came, and he saw our production, and Spoiler alert, at the end of the play, anybody who did, who saw the movie, uh, you'll know that Glenn Turman's character, Toledo, I played that character, and he dies at the end. Mm. And he dies with his eyes open. There's a lot to do made about him not closing his eyes when he died. And me, I found out where August was sitting. <laughs> so when I died with my eyes open, I was looking right at August. And I got to tell you, it. It affected him because after the lights finally went down on uh, on the scene and they come back up and we took our curtain call, August jumped out of his seat, came down and shook my hand. And he said, you were good. <laughs> wow. That's so great. My goodness. Oh. So much has been written about August. Now, we have dissertations from theater studies around the world from uh, important universities and biographies and hundreds, if not thousands, of articles about his work. From your, from your personal knowledge of standing next to him on the porch, you said he was brief, write what you know, but what do you think 
people should understand about August Wilson and the kind of person that he was? What is the key to August Wilson from from your personal observation and and knowing and knowing him uh, firsthand? Well, I would say the um, the overall characteristic of August Wilson, especially with dealing with people, is that he always initially would look and look for and honor the dignity of people he would encounter, especially the people he would write about. He would, no matter what kind of character they were, nice character, not so nice character, they, uh, he never, ever created them without that molecule of dignity in their character. And it, it's re- it resonates even with Gabe and Fences, with whoever, with Headley, who's supposed to be a little crazy. But their dignity is always there. He never leaves it out. I love that. It's ama- amazing, isn't it? This play, uh, uh, an African-American man's right to fight for his own identity at, at the basic uh, message level here, and it's still so relevant to what's going on in the world today. August has been gone now these years. Wouldn't he be amazed at the world and the things that are that are still happening and how relevant his play is? All is oh, with, without a doubt, especially like with radio golf, uh, with, uh, and, and now we have a black mayor of Pittsburgh. You know, I mean, because that's what radio golf was about, was about a black man who um, was uh, into real estate and in the Hill District, and he wanted to bring the Hill District back, and he had run for mayor. We don't know if he had, uh, you know, won the election or not. That's left open. But my goodness, now, I mean, like, sure, I mean, not, not long after doing that play, um, uh, August, I mean, uh, August wrote that play, Obama became president. The possibilities, and that's another thing August never leaves out, is the possibilities of human life, the possibilities of the power of human life. And he leaves it in there, and he makes sure it resonates and that you go home with it. This is a day-long topic, and I know you're busy. You're on the scene working right now downtown in the, in the cultural district, but we should talk just a little bit more about this production. We, we, the, the, it's the, August said it in 1948 in uh, Pittsburgh Tenement. What, what neighborhood would you think he had this play set in? Oh, definitely the Hill District. And uh, one thing that I do know about the, the writing of this play is that he envisioned it taking place in the backyard of the house that he grew up in at 1727 Bedford Avenue in the Hill District. And when we did it with Pittsburgh Playwrights Theater, we did it in that space, which is now the new August Wilson House, which was endowed with millions brought here by Denzel Washington, and uh, it was from uh, Tyler Perry, Oprah, Antoine Fuqua, and a couple others that contributed to it. And uh, now we have that August was and it is a beautiful, a beautiful uh, play area, uh, theater space, as it were. It's wonderful. So the evolution, I think that would be even more pleasing to August to have his mother's home, his childhood residence, where he grew up, turned into an art space for culture 
and art and theater and whatever eloquence the 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 heart of the black community can can come up with. And how far is that from where you grew up? You're a Pittsburgher. You were born where? In St. Clair Village? I was born in Homestead, at Homestead Hospital, and was raised in St. Clair Village. I went to Catholic schools most of my uh, school, uh, you know, school years, and um, went to Carrick High School. And um, but I grew up in St. Clair Village, and uh, it was quite a, uh, an upbringing. I had found out not too long ago that the row house that I lived at at 942 Fisher Street was previously occupied by world-renowned artist Thaddeus Mosley. Oh, Thaddeus Mosley. He's another Pittsburgh treasure for sure. That's great. <laughs> yes. Wonderful karma going on there, that's for sure. Now, what, oh. ab- what, what about the other folks in- involved in the production? Your director is uh, K.J. Gilmer, I believe. Yes, and uh, we have a history going back uh, with Seven Guitars. When uh, Pittsburgh Playwrights first did Seven Guitars, they did it in the uh, garage theater that uh, they occupied uh, in 2008, 2009, 2010. And I played Headley in that. That was my first time playing Headley. And Karen uh, Gilmer, KJ Gilmer, was our costume designer. So she has a history with the play. She knows the play. She's brilliant director. She has created some amazing moments with this show. We are also working with uh, some students. Uh, the three uh, ladies in the play are uh, young Pitt students, and that is awesome. They're getting, you know, they're, they're cutting their teeth, their theatrical teeth, with the old guy, because <laughs> I'm the oldest person in the play. And um, I, I try to just uh, be as supportive as possible. Now, the other guys in the play, uh, my man KT, my man Chris, <laughs> and, oh, and True, True Barrett. Um, it's just an incredible group of actors, and I'm just so pleased and honored to uh, be the old guy among them. Well, it's really an honor for me to speak with you, and I'm so glad that we're reconnecting with the QED. Folks, do you know our uh, Minette Seat or Chris Moore, the uh, QED regulars? I do know Minette and I do know Chris. When um, August Wilson's um, American Masters program premiered, there was a special screening of it at uh, WQED studio in the Mr. Rogers studio. And before it was put on, because there was a lot of incredible people, including Minette, who uh, put it together and had me do a monologue prior to the screening of uh, American Masters, August Wilson, the ground on which I stand. And I was honored to do that. I played a harmonica and did a, mon- a monologue from Joe Turner's Coming Gone. And I got to say that about playing that harmonica, before I was involved in August Wilson plays, I did not even think of playing a harmonica. But the first time I was in seven guitars, I played the role of Canewell. And we got to the part in the script where it says he takes out his harmonica and blows the tune. I just about fell over. (laughs) I don't play harmonica. I never played. So I went out and I got myself a harmonica and I learned how to play. And the first song I learned how to play was When the Saints Go Marching In. Now I say that to say that August Wilson's funeral, Wynton Marcellus, 
came out and blew Oh Danny Boy on his trumpet over August Casket. And when he was done with that, he went into a New Orleans-esque, rousing rendition of When the Saints Go Marching In. And everybody was just as joyous and jubilant. It was people crying and laughing and hugging each other. And it was one of the most amazing moments of my life. Because August, one of his requests was that at his funeral, all the ushers be black Pittsburgh actors of which I was so honored to be one. I'll let you go. It was a joy to speak with you. That's all I can say. I'll see you at the theater, okay? Thank you. We'll see you there. Good luck. Bye-bye. Take care.